With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. It's time to go inside the front office of the Athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. It's now time for the David Forst Show here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. I got to tell you, I'm going to say the same thing I said to Bob Melvin last week. We miss you. How are you? It's great to be here. Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it's been... uh been over three months obviously since you and I talked and we left Arizona and a bunch of kind of false starts and a lot of periods of nothing but um, maybe who knows maybe baseball is getting closer to coming back that would be nice wouldn't it oh my god I mean just just to have games again I mean as much as I like the KBO and I've enjoyed watching that and it's great to have the PGA Tour back I just miss our game it, you know our, our, our you know because David our lives we this is what we've done our entire careers is baseball and to not have it. It's just, it's so bizarre. Yeah, it's been hard. Um, You know, obviously part of my uh, job the last three months has been trying to keep employees together and our employees working and engaged. And uh, the further away you get from actual games, actual baseball action, the, the, the easier it is to kind of, lose track of what it is we do um and and i will say that having the draft and sort of keeping that at its originally scheduled date and going through that process was really good for us uh and for our people to focus on baseball to talk baseball for a little bit because there were a lot there's a long time there where uh it was hard to remember exactly what it is we do you know, and I think some of the good news is with amateur baseball opening up in certain parts of the country, it allows you to bring some of your scouts back. Yeah, that was a that was a big thing for us. And, um, you know, it was obviously highly publicized that, that a lot of our scouts were, were scheduled to be furloughed after the draft. And uh, with MLB lifting the ban on in-person scouting, we were able – to work with John and, you know, basically create a schedule for our amateur scouts to come back to work. So um, what we ended up with uh, was a handful of the area guys are, are not going to be furloughed at all. Um, and then over the course of the summer uh, at, you know, July 1st, August 1st, September 1st, the number of those guys are going to get back to work and be able to cover amateur events. So uh, that was a really good outcome the other day. Um, you know, John, John worked with us on it and appreciate that. But, um, yeah, it was, it was tough for some of those guys to go through the draft process. And then knowing that basically a couple of days later, they were going to be out on furlough. So I'm glad we were able to, to at least make a little dent in that. Yeah. I mean, th- I mean, everything is so different everywhere you go. I mean, I was, I was listening to Sirius XM, the baseball channel, and they were talking about there was a college tournament 
in Texas before the draft, kind of showcase some college guys. And then I can tell you, I, I took my family to Monterey Cannery Row on Sunday, and we actually ate in a restaurant. And then I come back to Santa Clara County and we're still on lockdown. So it's kind of crazy. All the rules are different in, in other places, but it's just great that you, you got your guys back. Yeah, no, it is. Look, I think it's a, it's probably a different radio show where we debate the lack of a federal plan here and, and how every county is doing things differently. But, um, but the fact is there are games going on out, you know, out in other states and places there's, high school showcases, uh, some of the collegiate summer leagues are going to try and uh, put together a, a summer. So as long as they're amateurs playing, there's work for the scouts to do. And uh, it's important, you know, this is a 12-month process, these drafts. And uh, that was part of what was a little bit disappointing about ha- only having five rounds is that, you know, these guys work 12 months a year learning the players, getting to know them and in the normal year, we come away with 40 guys and, and you're sort of, you know, every scout's going to get at least somebody. And uh, this year was, that was a little bit tough to swallow. Only having five rounds, um, the majority of area guys don't come away with a player. And uh, you just kind of look at all that, all that work that went into this. But hopefully we start this 21 process now. We'll have an expanded draft when things get back to normal and uh, we can kind of get back to work. You know, I've been waiting to ask you this question. It was this draft more important than any draft you've been involved in. I, I may be overplaying this, but because there's only five picks, was it different for you? Yeah, well, look, it's certainly a different process. Um, as far as more important, everybody kind of was on the same, you know, the same level there. Everybody was only getting five rounds. Certainly, teams have comp picks and competitive balance picks, and this this was our first draft without a competitive balance pick, which, uh, which was frustrating. So we really, we only had the five picks, you know, it's always important to get it right. Um, you know, and, and the top five rounds are where the majority of the players come from anyway, to get to the big leagues. We, we know there are exceptions and we know there are big leaguers out there on the board after that. Um, but it's always important to get the picks right at the top and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully the guys we came away with will, uh, will prove to be the right guys. Well, this is the part of the segment where you say, you know you're getting old when you played against his father. I played against against Steve Stahlstrom, who was uh, obviously a great pitcher at Fresno State. And then at the start of my career, I was doing play-by-play for the San Jose Giants when he was there. I actually used to drink beers with Steve Soderstrom in downtown San Jose, and all of a sudden you're, you, you guys draft his son. Uh, it was like, wow, I couldn't believe that. But this is a kid with, with size. He's 6'2". Uh, you look at his bat. You look at his numbers. We had his high school coach on. We had his dad on. Uh, are, are you surprised he dropped to you? A little bit. I think as we went through the month of May and started our meetings, um, and Tyler was obviously a guy we were focused on. We, you know, we saw the mock drafts. We saw his name up as high as nine and often going to the Giants at 13. So I think, I think we knew it was going to be a long shot. But, but as we got in the last 24 to 36 hours before the draft, uh, we had good conversations with his agent and felt like it was a possibility. Um, but, look, but look, this is a, a perfect example of how the scouts do work. I mean, Tyler was on our area code team last August. It was, you know, coached by our scouts, 
Our guys saw him play throughout the summer and in, in big showcases. Um, and for us to take, you know, we don't take a lot of high school kids up top. For us to take a high school kid, we had to know him and his family re- really well. And, and Scott Kidd and Kevin Mello did great jobs getting to know them. I, I had a chance to, to meet Tyler and his parents via Zoom call before the draft and was really impressed with, with the family. Um, and that's, you know, that's all the underlying work that goes into a decision like that. And, and we couldn't have been more, more thrilled that Tyler was there at 26. And I think about your catching position right now. You think about Murphy, Allen, and, and you draft Tyler. It's like you got a bunch of linebackers. You got like the biggest catchers <laughs> in the game. Yeah, Jonah Heim's six four too. He's no slouch. So, um, no, yeah, it's uh, it's a good lineup. And and uh, if if we ever do get back on the field or in the spring training, Tyler's going to have some good guys to learn from. So that that'll be nice. But um, yeah, just excited to add a talent like that. Do you see him long term? as a catcher, because I talked to his, his head coach in high school. At one point, they had him at shortstop. I mean, he's got the he, – he's very athletic for being 6'2 and over 200 pounds. If he shoots through the system and you got Murph behind the dish, do you see him being able to play, his bat being able to play somewhere else? It's the interesting thing with catchers is, is you always assume – you know, there's going to be development time and, and guys have to learn the position at this level. They have to learn how to handle pro pitching and call a game and that stuff. And you, you know, you, you do worry about what happens if the bat is ahead of, of their positional development. It, you know, the guy we point to Josh Donaldson who caught in college and when the Cubs drafted him, moved him out from behind the plate because, um, you know, because they, they knew his bat was going to be, developing we did the same thing when he came over here we we moved him out had him catch a little bit but um, but kept third base in the back pocket and Tyler's played some third base uh, he's played first I, I will tell you that in that that same zoom conversation Eric Kubota our scouting director kind of put it to him directly and said how do you see yourself and Tyler didn't hesitate he said I'm a catcher I want to catch and I can do it and, he, and basically said I could do it in the big leagues um, so you, you don't want to take that away from a kid who's as confident as he is. Yeah, we had we we had him on the show, and he's very polished for being a high school kid. I, I I'm very excited about the the pick. I'm also excited about your second round pick because Eric Back Eric Backage is the head coach at Michigan, and you know being. I, I know a lot of Bellerman guys, and he went to Bellerman. So being the head coach of Michigan, I was able to track him down really quick. And what was cool was they were together at a draft party. So we got to have Jeff Criswell and Eric Backage <laughs> on at the same time. And I know you have to be very excited about this Michigan kid because uh, he's got the ability. He's got what he did at Michigan. It's it's very impressive. Yeah, he uh, you know he, he kind of got on the national stage last year in the college world series, pitching out of the bullpen for them. Um, but started all year, came out and made four starts this year. I actually got a chance to see him, uh, his first start of the year. They played down in Arizona, played against Vandy in kind of a college world series rematch, uh, which was, you know, it was actually rare on the draft board this year that I got to see a player because, uh, I usually get out in April and May and see guys. And that was kind of taken from us this year. So it was nice Nice to be able to have seen Jeff pitch, saw a really good start he made. And, and again, our guys have a ton of history with them. Rich Sparks goes back to high school uh, seeing Jeff pitch. And, um, you know, 
you used the word polished earlier. I mean, that's what this kid is. He's he's got four pitches. Um, you know, command was on the come this year. He pitched really well over four starts. And um, for us, starting pitching was a focus going into the draft, just because of the way our system is shaken out. Um, so you knew you knew you're going to try and go there in the second round. And then luckily, uh, guys like Acker and Emmanuel came behind him. But but Jeff was a guy we'd focused on for a while. Yeah, I, I think about, you know, where you are with Frankie Montas, Jesus Lazardo, A.J. Puck, Sean Manaya. If this guy shoots through the system as fast as I, as, as I think we all know he can, man, a lot of young power arms. And I think one of the safe things about this pick is that, okay, if he doesn't work out as a starter, this guy can be a closer. I mean, it's, he, he's done everything in Michigan. Yeah, he has. And, and like you said, obviously we draft him as a starter. He's going to have every opportunity to do that. Um, but a, a guy who throws gas out of the pen is never a bad, bad fallback. So, um, and again, you know, like I said with Tyler, uh, at some point, you know, we get to have Jeff and, and these other guys around our big league starters. Uh, there's a really good foundation for them to learn from. We had Danny Hall on, the head coach at Georgia Tech, who's one of the great college baseball coaches of all time. If you look at G Texas S going to the college world series and going to the regionals. And we had him on to talk about Michael Goldberg, uh, the outfielder you drafted in the third round. He compared him to Whit Merrifield. Uh, that's a pretty good comparison, David. It is. No, I haven't, I hadn't heard that one. And, uh, and obviously Danny's been there a long time and seen a lot of the players, uh, come through his program and others go on to pro ball. So I will, uh, I'll give him credit. That's a good comp. This is a this is a really good all around player. Um, a guy who kind of you know jumped up our board just based on everything. The, the tools, the plus runner, just the the bat is is really impressive, and his numbers obviously jump out at you. He's he's a guy who you would have loved to have seen what he could do this spring. You know, through 16 games, he gets off to that hot start, hitting 450, I think, and you would have just loved to see how he would have developed over the course of a whole season. Um, but I, I'm excited about this about this player. I think Michael's going to be a special player. And tell us about Aker and Emmanuel's out of Oklahoma and Washington. What we're going to see with these two right-handed pitchers? Again, we focused on starting pitching uh, at those picks. We, you know, we had sort of worked the the pool at such that we were able to spend some money in the fourth and fifth rounds. And these guys uh, had been passed over a little bit, but uh, you know, Dane. Dane bounced around. He started his career at Rice, um, but worked into Oklahoma's rotation this year and, and off to a great start. But again, four pitches, you know, plus breaking ball for our guys. They like to change up when the fastball's up to 93. Uh, and with Stevie Emanuels was a guy who Jim Kaufman has loved, you know, our scout up in, in the Northwest and uh, just moved into the rotation this year. Pitched out of the, the pen exclusively last year with great success. Moved into the rotation this year and um, kind of dominated right from the start. A, a big guy, 6'5", Stevie, with um, with four pitches and plus command. So uh, we were looking for some advanced pitchers, guys who, as you said, you know, might be able to move through the system quickly. And um, I, I know my uh, counterpart on the other side of the base said you can never have too much catching. We feel that way about pitching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, 
this is th- these are bizarre times. And now drafts over. You can sign unlimited free agents for twenty thousand dollars. How is this process going for the for you and the A? It's been interesting. Um, you know, our guys were on it at six a.m. Sunday morning, our time is when you were allowed to start calling non-drafted free agents. Um, and I think we're, you know, we're getting close on a handful of guys. I know there's been some reported signings already. Obviously, uh, those guys have to take physicals, just like the drafted players. But it's uh, it's a little bit of the wild west out there, uh, particularly with the the cap of twenty thousand dollars. Uh, you're making the same offer as a lot of other clubs financially. And then, you know, it's about talking to the kids and telling them about development and explaining to them what, you know, what their path to the big leagues is here. And it's, you know, it's good for those guys who, who get some say in where they're going to play because that doesn't happen often in a player's career. Uh, and the fact that we did have to cut the draft off at five rounds, uh, it's nice that, that they get a little choice. And, and they've asked, you know, I've talked to a few kids myself. They've asked some interesting questions about, you know, about what, it, you know, what happens once they get into our system. What do they need to do to move up and get to Oakland? And um, I've been very impressed with the, the tone of the conversations. And I know Eric's talked to a number of guys. And hopefully we come out of this with another six or seven players. You know, I, I, I think about, both of us, you know, we both played college baseball and, you know, obviously we, we weren't pros, but we played in college and you think about your senior year and what your senior year is. You, you, you get bigger, you get stronger, you get better. I just feel so bad for so, so many of these kids who didn't get to have a senior year. You know, some kids out West played a little bit, but kids in the East and the Midwest didn't play at all. Just how bad do you feel for these kids that they they didn't get the most important year of their career? It's it's tough. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine how you replace that. And I have over the course of the last months, you know, whether it was talking to kids that we were uh, looking at drafting, you know, both high school seniors and college juniors, or I talked to you know a couple of kids from from my alma mater about missing their senior year. That's it's a hard thing to to replace. And um, yeah, my best. My best college baseball memories are absolutely from my my senior year and the guys that were on that team, and uh, that's not something these guys are going to get back. So, um, you know, everybody's in a little different spot. Um, hopefully a lot of those guys get a chance to go on and continue playing and make more memories, but um, it is it is one of the unfortunate things about this situation is that, uh, that guys miss out on a lot of that stuff. Let's end on this. I've got a feeling – that there's going to be a lot of guys who don't sign for the 20,000. There's going to be a lot of guys that don't go the college option because with seniors coming back, it's going to be just weird how that works with only so much scholarship money. Uh, are, are you envisioning junior college baseball really improving? And that's going to be a place where maybe you tell your scouts, hey, there's going to be a lot of in JUCO, there's going to be a lot of good players to look at for the next two years in the draft. I think there's a good chance of that. Um, yeah, I mean, we've definitely, definitely talked to kids uh, since Sunday who, who said they're going back to school. And, you know, you're looking at a lot of talent in next year's draft. Um, but, yeah, we'll see if, if high school kids end up going to JUCO so they can come out next year or uh, kids who go back and come out as seniors, how that affects the pool. It's, um, it will be interesting how it plays over the next 12 months. But you do have a lot – you do have a lot of talent still potentially in the amateur ranks after this year, and that'll be 
uh, you know, hopefully it trickles into our game. That'll be good for us down the road. Yeah, just one more thing. Um, something that I asked Bob, and you're going to have to deal with this. I mean, you've been in, you've been in, you've been in Major League Baseball a long time. What do you think this is going to be like for you, for Bob Melvin, a short season where the marathon thing is thrown out the door? Your decisions are about a sprint now. I, what, what do you think that's going to be like for you? Yeah, I mean, this is what we we talk about every year, basically after the trade deadline. You get to August 1st, and you've got between 50 and 60 games left, and that, it's the point where you, you, you kind of just sit back and watch. Um, I don't know what it's going to be like. I, I, you know, we, Bob and I have talked a little bit about it, but we're kind of taking a wait-and-see approach. I mean, the nicest thing for us is that we kind of know what our, our roster looks like. I mean, we, at the point we were in spring training, we had a pretty good idea. Actually, who, you know, we were looking at a you know, 26-man roster. We, we kind of had 30 guys for those 26 spots, and it sounds like we're going to get to start the season with 30. So we almost, we almost know exactly what our roster is going to look like, you know, given everybody's health. You know, and then you've got the, the luxury of having that second group. It sounds like we're going to get to host somewhere outside of Oakland. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of moving parts here. Um, but at the end of the day, look, a, a good team is a good team, no matter where they're playing, no matter how many games the season is. And we liked our team coming into 2020, and, and there's no reason not to like it, no matter what the, uh, the structure is going forward. You know, what we've been trying to do here with Ace Cast Live is bring on familiar voices, you know, because with everybody, you know, not being able to go out of the house and just trying to entertain our fan base. And uh, you're one of the most familiar voices we have. So we truly appreciate the time. It's great to hear from you. And hopefully we'll get back to our, our, our weekly talks. I, I hope so, Chris. I really appreciate you, you know, keeping the conversation going, like you said, engaging, engaging our fans. Cause I know there are a lot of people out there who've been desperate to have baseball back. And it, it's been great that they have somewhere to, to listen to people across the country, to at least talk about the game and, stay stay connected so hopefully we get back to a regular schedule i know the uh commissioner and tony clark made some progress today hopefully and it would be nice to uh maybe even see in person sometime this has been a presentation of the oakland athletics 